Greetings, salutations and vanakkam. You know, it's April 2021 and a year ago we were in a completely different place. Um I think we were all into uh proper lockdown by this time. Curfews were in place and it was a whole new world for a lot of us. And I think now a year later um the idea of lockdowns and curfews when we look at the number of cases that are um happening every day in India it just totally makes sense and i don't hear too many people making a fuss about the idea that um you know uh, movement is being limited and uh, that there are curfew timings so uh that's the state that we're in today so today yes i am going to be talking about covid and uh, specifically this is going to be my covid story so i started this podcast it was an idea that i had to do for quite a long time and i started it actually while i was hospitalized for covid so i thought it might be fitting um that i dedicate this episode to the journey that i've been going through still undergoing at this point of time and um before i do that i want to say thanks to a few friends who kind of uh, encouraged me to share my story um namely um, there was priya venugopal uh, there was kavita there was um, gazarena Uh, and these were just some of the people who said that, hey, you know, somebody might benefit from hearing your story um, because there's so many different stories going around. Um, there's uh, there are people who believe that COVID doesn't exist, that it's just a conspiracy by various world governments, um, um, whether it's an act of terrorism or not. Uh, you know, a lot of those things may or may not be true, but I think at the end of the day, what happens is that it becomes relevant to you when it affects you, and uh, that's certainly what happened to me. So, um, in the interest of uh sort of keeping this a little bit organized for myself because I'm going to lose my train of thought I think I'm going to split this into three sections and um pretty simply part 1 will be before covid part 2 will be during covid and part 3 the after covid um so let me jump into this right away so before covid so uh before catching covid um you know I was in lockdown like everybody else last year uh straight from march pretty much through the uh to the end of the year you could say and it was tough it was no doubt it was tough um i think like many people it impacted me mentally um it impacted me emotionally for sure and even physically because i wasn't able to get out and uh do the kind of things that i like to do in terms of just getting fresh air and exercise or whatever um and having thought about it i realized later on that it had impacted me spiritually as well my spiritual well-being took a bit of a hit um because I just wasn't able to meet other people. I mean, I was staying with a friend. I wasn't alone through the entire thing, but at the end of the day, you're still dealing with it on your own. You can't, you know, necessarily go and cry on someone's shoulder constantly. You do have to deal with it and that's just part of life. So, dealing with the the mental um challenges, emotional uh, difficulties, the physical restrictions, um it did have a bit of an impact on me spiritually as well. So overall I would say that I did get hit pretty bad. Um but besides the fact that I did have someone staying with me um and and through through the entire process and I did have that company at least, there was also work that I was doing um which kept me going. Um uh, so a big shout out to uh all my friends and family at my persona um which is a leadership development um firm based in Chennai and I do work with them um part time and um just the work that I was doing with them is what really really kept me going during that time um it was on my list even before covid uh, entered the scene that I wanted to learn how to create and deliver webinars and of course lockdown 
uh, just kind of sped up that entire process. So that's what happened to me for the first couple of months um, during lockdown that I learned the art of, of creating um, a webinar and, you know, how exactly to put the content together, how to make it interactive. There are a lot of online tools that you can use uh, to ensure that it stays engaging and interesting for the participants. Um, so that was a new skill and it was something really, really positive that came out of it. But as I said, you know, the lack of social interaction was very, very difficult. And even though I wasn't, you know, the, of the opinion that, oh, let me just get COVID and get it over with. There was a lot of people saying that, thinking that they would have, um, you know, they would have lifetime immunity if they caught it. And we now know that's not the case. People who have taken the vaccine can catch it. People who have had COVID can catch it. They can catch it multiple times if they're not careful. So, um, you know, I wasn't on that kind of a, a path or anything, but I did kind of start losing my, my um, patience a little bit of being, about being locked up. Um, I did a lot of theater events online and I tried my hand at, um, you know, doing mo a monologue festival. I, in fact, I did it twice with a friend of mine, Deepa Nambiar, and um, took part in um, a full-length uh, play online. I did a reading of a full-length play uh, and it was interesting because we no longer were restricted by geography. Uh, so to have people from across the world in different countries, different time zones, um, not just as spectators or audiences rather, but um, as participants was also quite awesome. Um, obviously it didn't have the same appeal as a live show, but I think it was still something which was, it was a new format, it was something which was worth trying and uh, even if things do go back to open, close quotes, normal, uh, it's still a, a medium which I think is worth um, looking into and seeing what the possibilities are. Um, I was trying uh, my hand at, at mixing uh, sound, so I would find songs, karaoke uh, versions uh, of songs I liked on YouTube, and I would sing into my handheld recorder and then take the two tracks and try to put them together using um, software like um, Audacity, if you're familiar with that. So soon after that, I had a, a job change. Uh, which was difficult. I moved houses, which again was also difficult. But on the flip side, I started traveling a lot uh, by myself and all over South India. I love driving. So hopped into my car, put some good music on, packed whatever I needed and maybe a little bit more. And um, just decided that, you know, when they said work from home, they never said who's home. So uh, made the use of that. So in that sense, the first part of um, lockdown before I contracted COVID was a good time. Uh, I made the most of it as best as I could. Um, I was lucky that even though uh, one job didn't work out for me, I soon managed uh, to get another one. And, um, you know, all told, I think I've been quite blessed. Um, during COVID, now this is the tricky part here. Um, when I say tricky, I'm saying um, it, it kind of takes away the uh, the pleasure and joy of everything I just mentioned before. So I happened to be in Bangalore when I was feeling a little bit unwell and, and feverish. And um, uh, after a few days feeling feverish, I um, got a home test done and I tested positive. Um, that's one mistake that I made, which is I waited for a few days. I mean, I think considering how rampant it's becoming now, and it is called a pandemic for a reason, as soon as I felt feverish, I should have... Uh, tested. If I had tested negative, great. But in this case, I waited for a few days, which was a mistake. And I made another mistake after that. Woohoo! The hits keep coming. Which was that I again waited for a few more days, thinking that the fever would subside. Uh, got an oximeter in the meantime, and then realized that my oxygen levels were not so great. 
Um, they ideally should be 97 to 98%. Mine was around 92, 93%. And according to the doctor that I met, 88 is what they consider to be critical. So at 92, 93%, uh, the doctor was highly, um, you know, suggested very, very strongly that um, I do uh, admit, admit myself to the hospital, which is what I did. So it was actually 10 days later after I first felt feverish. And that, in retrospect, was not a good idea. Uh, the tests are easy to get done now. They come home and they do the nasal swab. Um, and it doesn't cost uh, anything like it used to. So um, definitely, if anyone out there does feel the signs of fever, don't take a chance. Don't assume that it's nothing. Uh, it's It's quite risky. Get it checked, and if you test negative, great. Then you just ride it out, and um, you know, and and you'll get better hopefully quickly. Um, in my case, um, I ended up with um, COVID SARS two, which led to pneumonia. Um, SARS, of course, stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, uh, which is how it led to pneumonia, and approximately thirty five percent of my lungs was affected, and this is. Uh, uh, quite high. Um, so I was hospitalized for a week and uh, they had me on drips and uh, for the entire time uh, I had oxygen constantly uh, to help my lungs um, get a little bit stronger. I was told to lie uh, in the prone position that means I was lying on my stomach uh, while having the oxygen pumped into me so that uh, it would force my lungs to work a little harder. Uh, then, of course, there was the COVID um, medicine, rem, Remdesivir. I keep getting the name wrong. Remdesivir, I think I'm saying that right. Um, so I was being pumped full of uh, those medications, a lot of vitamins, uh, the IV, oxygen. And what was most difficult was the fact that I was doing absolutely nothing. And that was just really, really difficult to do. But then I think the fear of having gotten COVID and the fact that in my case, it was a little bit severe with the pneumonia kind of... To, you know, made me feel that, okay, you know what, just just shut up and lie there and uh, once you just get better as fast as you can, stop complaining. Um, when I did check in, my doctor, I, I found a, an excellent doctor here in, in Bangalore. Her name is Dr. Kanchin uh, and she's attached to a specialist hospital. Um, she told me that the week before, uh, they were having 600 cases uh, registered per day in Bangalore. And the week that I went and met her, it had jumped to 4,000 cases per day. That's almost seven times the amount. And that was a month ago. 4,000 cases a day has now become 21,000 cases per day. This is in Bangalore alone. So you can see how out of out of control it's gotten and um, how crazy it is. Um, you know, and I don't want to get into the politics of why it might be happening and, and what uh, the local as well as the national level governments should or shouldn't be doing. Don't want to get into that. I think uh, a lot of that is known to people. But the fact is, um, people do still need to be careful, regardless of what the governments may say. And, um, you know, the flip side is it is the government's job to protect people if they don't know how to do it themselves. Um, so I think that's where the in entire quandary is, is coming. But um, again, my doctor who's been treating over, who's treated over a thousand people for COVID since last year, was telling me that um, as far as um, medical school goes, this is something that they study in medical school about pandemics. And she said that the second wave of any pandemic is always deadlier than the first. And that's just a rule. So uh, for a lot of people who thought that, oh, it's over, it's subsiding, and they did not 
recognize that we have a second wave coming, I think uh, this is hopefully a wake-up call for a lot of people to be more careful about how they, uh, when they, if they move around in public, uh, you know, wearing masks and sanitizing, etc. Um, you know, it's, and it's being shown right now that the vaccine reduces the effect of COVID, but people are still susceptible to catching it. Um, you know, COVID patients themselves can relapse multiple times if they're not careful and and uh, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out now and as usual it takes time um, so after COVID and um, maybe this is the part that might be important for people to pay attention to um, so once I was discharged from the hospital uh, exactly a month ago in fact um, I really struggled to even sit up uh, the first week I was back home I could barely sit up um, extremely weak I'd lost a lot of weight and um, the skin was just hanging off of my body very, very awkwardly and uh, really hadn't seen that kind of, um, uh, you know, ill health in myself for a long time. So I'd, I'd lost weight. My breathing was uh, labored. I won't say it was difficult, but it was difficult. Um, I was running short of breath very quickly. Um, you know, in fact, uh, right now, talking as I have for, you know, more than 10 minutes at a stretch was something I couldn't do that first week at all. Um, I've been doing a lot of exercises, breathing exercises, as prescribed by the doctors. So uh, there's spirometry, which is the um, the device with the three balls where you inhale and the ball is supposed to raise the balls based on how strongly you inhale. So I'm supposed to do 10 rounds of that and then do that 10 times a day. So that's 100 times that I'm supposed to do that. And the idea is to strengthen my lungs. Steam inhalation has proven to be the most effective at um, helping to combat the most natural way to try and combat um, COVID because, um, you know, the steam, if you inhale it properly, it goes right up into the nasopharyngeal area, which is, um, you know, um, which is hard to reach otherwise. Uh, hot water, drinking hot water and things like that will not affect your nasopharyngeal area as much. Uh, then lying prone, hooked up to um, an oxygen concentrator. Um, that was something else that I had to do. Um, I was doing it for four hours during the day and eight hours at night while sleeping. So this means I'm lying on my stomach with uh, my face down. Usually my face would be slightly off the edge of the bed um, so that I'm face down and lying on my stomach so that I can, uh, so that I can, I'm, and I'm expected to breathe in and out very, very um, deliberately. And active breathing, I think, was the term that the doctor used. So uh, four hours during the day, eight hours at night means 12 hours a day I was hooked up to an oxygen concentrator. And this was because, uh, as I said, my lungs had been affected by about 35%. After my last checkup, it's come down to 27%. And I'm hoping that by the next um, checkup in about two weeks time, um, the area uh, of my lungs that has been affected will come down to 10 to 12% because that is the acceptable, um, that is the acceptable rate. Uh, anything less than that would be just awesome, but um, but I'm trying to hit that magic number of 10% if I can. Um, one interesting learning that I did get from being in the hospital was that I'm actually eating a lot more quantity than I need to. So when they would serve the meals on those trays, which have the little uh, little sections, you know, I would get a, a, a small cup of rice, a couple of rotis, and a small quantity of rasam, dal, fresh salad, and that was it. Um, you know, obviously, that's why I lost a lot of weight, but but I realized after I came home that that's the only quantity that's needed. So 
uh, I, I kind of did the same thing when I came home. I was having a similar style of meals where it would just be a one cup of rice, no teas, and just a, just a handful of whatever I was eating. And I think there's a tendency for a lot of us to overeat, and we're just so used to that. You know, we take a plate full of food, uh, maybe even go back for seconds or thirds. So that's that was a good learning for me uh, because having lost the weight that I have, I want to try and put it back on but the right way you know maybe get the help of a, a trainer once I can and uh, start exercising and see if I can put it back in a healthy manner um, also the idea of following a schedule being very important was something that uh, I recognized even now I have a, a strict uh, sort of schedule that I follow to ensure that I do my breathing exercises the right number of times over the course of the day and not just uh, not just when I kind of remember it so yeah, it's been a month now. Um, I'm better, but far from being back to normal. So, you know, if I was scared before and, and, and very careful before, I think I'm almost paranoid now about catching it again. And, and uh, you know, my advice would be that whoever, uh, you know, be, whoever's not gotten it yet, get your vaccine shot because it will reduce the effects of it should you get it. And it looks like just about everybody is... Um, getting affected now. Uh, we're hearing scary stories of, of no beds being available, of medications being sold in black um, because they're just not available. So you have no guarantee how it'll hit you. Um, for many people, they just get the fever and it lasts for four, five, six, seven, eight days and you know they're able to get back on their feet. I didn't expect that to happen to me, which is why I waited as long as I did. Um, which I realized now was stupid. So if you if you feel slightly feverish, um, don't take a chance. It may, you know, I, I don't think the tests are very expensive, but even if it is, who cares? Get tested, make sure you don't have COVID. And then if the test comes back ne negative, yeah, sure. Uh, take care and, and, and get better and, and just nurse yourself back to health at home. But if your oxygen levels are down or you test positive, definitely it's, it's worth checking into a hospital to get the care that you require. Uh, you know, for people who don't believe um, that COVID exists, well, you know, I feel really sorry for them. Uh, whether it's a conspiracy by world governments or whether it's some sort of bioterrorism, whatever the case is, it's here and it's not going to go away for a long time. So the only thing I can say is, um, you know, when I go out in public now, um, I definitely don't want anyone coming near me. Um, we have, I have to figure out how to exactly do this, but I've started getting a little bit rude with people when they're not paying attention and they come close to me. And that tends to happen in a very, very densely populated country like India. Earlier, people would brush past you in a grocery store and they wouldn't even mind it because there's a very, very low sense of personal space in India. Again, it has to do with the population. But now, um, you know, people are maintaining their distances from each other, but definitely not as much as they should. So, yeah, I think um, my experience to sum this whole thing up is it's been a good experience in the sense that I've learned a few new things, um, being ill in the hospital, but at the same time, I don't want anyone else to have to go through that because it's been very, very difficult. Uh, I'm able to talk like this now at a stretch after almost a month and I'm still not back to normal to be very honest. So um, take care out there, look after your uh, loved ones and 
I'm telling you, being in lockdown is a cakewalk compared to this. There may be a mental, um, there may be a mental difficulty, emotional difficulty, but the truth is, you can keep in touch with people if you just use video calls. And um, uh, yes, once this is all over, we can get back together and hug each other. But for now, the best thing to do is to maintain distance, um, be stay in lockdown, and observe the curfews that are around. I uh, hope this has been helpful for all of you. Didn't realize how long this would go on, uh, but I guess I had a lot to say. Um, and that's what I guess Fred Talks is about. As I said, I do have a lot of things that I want to say. Stay safe. See you next time. Bye.